as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talked with Michael Ambergy, the founder and CEO of Cario Q. What'd you guys think? This was really interesting. Um, it's kind of a it you know, a new way to experience karaoke on your mobile phone, um, but in the bar. And this is how you kind of reserve your song. So it was something that I haven't seen um, yet. Not that I'm a big karaoke person, but um, it was interesting to see how these kind of kind of take it to market and uh, and price it. What did you guys think? Well, I am a, a big karaoke person and I know that I've walked out of a bar before because you just have no idea where you are in the lineup. So this sounds super welcome, and it was really interesting to hear about how they're marketing it, both to people in the bar as well as the DJs and the bars themselves. So lots of good insights in here. Let's get into it. 
Wait, wait, wait. But Matt, what's what's your karaoke song? I believe I can fly. <laughs> we need a clip. We need a clip. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's and it's in falsetto. We we need it like at least five seconds. No. <laughs> it it will ruin me. That's that's my alter ego. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Rocketship is proudly supported by Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax-ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. This week, I talked to their manager of client experience, Margaret Gray, about who are their typical clients. Our clients are really busy, passionate, hardworking people that are running businesses. Perfect bookkeeping for them is something they don't have to think about very much. And so I don't actually want them to be thinking about us that much. That's what's telling me we're doing a great job with our client experience. Go to bench.co forward slash rocket ship and get 20% off your first six months today. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocket ship. All right. So Michael, welcome. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. Um, so first off, tell us a bit about what you're doing with High Volume and your first product, KaraokeQ. Sure. So um, High Volume Media Company was started in, uh, I guess it would have been July of last year. Um, and really the overarching goal of the company was to use technology in order to innovate and disrupt um, things with within entertainment, whether that be um, in the case of KaraokeQ, the karaoke industry. And so kind of speaking to that, um, KaraokeQ uh, is basically an app and a platform that allows um, automation, personalization, and on-demand experiences within any venue that hosts uh, nights of karaoke. Um, And really the main goal there is the ability to create some transparency and much like what an Uber or a Spotify or a Pandora does, you have on-demand and you have personalization. And so what I really mean with that is um, today in the karaoke industry, um, when you go to a bar that has karaoke or some venue that hosts a night of karaoke, you typically as a patron may experience different processes in order to sign up for a song. But typically you'll go to a printed songbook. It's old, it's nasty, it's outdated, it's printed. You flip through it, you find the song that you want to do, scratch it down on a piece of paper, walk it up to the DJ or the KJ. Um, they may say it's too slow, it's already been done, it's already in the queue. So it's really cyclical for the patron or the performer. Um, but it, once you do get your song in, um, you wait. There's no transparency. You don't know when you're coming up to sing. Um, and the constant uh, inflow of people to the DJ or KJ about how do I sign up for a song or where's the song book or where am I at, when am I singing, uh, all of those can cause a lot of frustration in the manual process that a KJ or DJ has to go and um, – manually kind of account for uh and then once you've had the chance to get up and sing it's kind of the end of the experience in a way uh and in fact the people that are waiting because there is no transparency or on-demand experience they typically leave um and once they leave the dj is spending more time calling out the names of people that have already left than actually playing music and the pain point we've seen for the venues kind of the third pain point here is that then people are leaving and so that hurts the vibe in the venue and also ultimately hurts their sales and their revenue so the karaoke product as a whole 
is aimed at automating all of that with the, the smartphones, the miniature computers that everyone carries around with them daily. So much like a Foursquare, you can check into a venue. Um, in fact, when you go to check in, you can see how many people are at the venue and how many people are actually in the queue without even being at the venue. So it kind of gives you some immediacy and some insight. Um, once you're there, it's all personalized uh, to your, your social profile that you've logged in with. You get the ability to see who's in the queue. You get the ability to rate the performer that's on stage, one to five stars. Um, and we digitize the songbook. So instead of going to that old, nasty printed songbook, pull up the app, hit sign up to sing, search for song title or artist. Once you've found the song that you want to do, you just simply hit the sing button. And again, that transparency, the big part of the industry uh, is that right now nobody knows when they're getting to come up to sing. There's no way to create the personalization or that on-demand experience. And so we not only show the cue, what everybody is singing and when, they're, when their place in line is to sing, we have a feature called the plus bump. And the, and the bump basically allows you to move yourself or anyone up the queue to sing sooner. Uh, so you get to your song, your experience in an on-demand fashion. So um, I have to ask, um, I mean, app aside, um, sure. why was this something that you were so passionate about um, tackling? Are you a karaoke singer? Hell yes. I'm super, uh, I, I, I love karaoke. I love to kind of entertain my, actually my family has a really big background in um, entertainment and, and the music industry. My great aunts were part of the first all female bluegrass band, um, Martha Carson, she went on to become like the first female of country and bluegrass. Uh, some some really uh, some impactful pioneers and where they came from the music industry. My grandfather was married to Tammy Wynette. Uh, he wrote songs for George Jones, Charlie Pride, wow. um, lots of different people. So I think all that to say, there's always been like the entertainer um, blood flowing through me, and I think that why I identify this as a problem. Um, obviously I had to cater to this manual experience by doing it myself as a patron or as a performer. And I also have a close friend who happens to DJ full time and has done this for the past 20 years, um, at a bar here in Nashville. And, you know, he's constantly talking about the disruption and the, the distractions and all of the manual process. And the bar owner was talking to me like, Hey, you know, there's, you know, when it starts to get to like a certain hour, it's just a cluster. And we're having to try to tell people how to go sign up for songs. They're trying to do drinks and if people are leaving. So it's like there's kind of got to be a better way. Right. And we all have these miniature computers in our pockets. And so it's like, how can we leverage what we already have today in a very digital and a very mobile age and find that as a way in order for us to um, improve not just the actual experience, but kind of upgrade it and ultimately solve a problem as part of that. So how big is this industry? Well, karaoke, uh, it, it's always kind of, everybody calls it a niche market, but it's $15 billion globally. Um, it's a massive market, and uh, we always like to say that it's gotten there on stone wheels. And so, so where are you making your money? Like, are you charging the DJ? Are you charging the patrons? Where does sure, your so, come from? Sure. So we have two iterations of our product, and I'll speak first about the initial version we have today, which is just simply the karaoke app and platform. We don't charge for the app, so we create no barrier of entry for the patron or the performer. Likewise, for the actual platform, which is called KJ Connect and Venue Connect, which is inside of the karaoke product, um, we don't charge them up front directly either. There's no freemium or premium subscription or licensing models. What we do is we make money as they make money. So when we talk about those plus bumps that moves up the queue, we basically take 25% of those transactions 
Um, part of that goes to a processing fee for a merchant account, and then the rest of that's considered revenue. And why we do that is because right now that's um, either A, an unrealized revenue stream, uh, B, it doesn't exist, or C, um, the industry, the DJ industry and karaoke industry as a whole rely on cash tips. And obviously the dichotomy, the change and the shift from cash to um, debit card, credit card, PayPal, Google Wallet, Apple Pay, we're Venmo, we're accounting for all of those within our app so that no cash is no more problem. And so through that convenience, we just simply charge a, a, a fee out of that, that we make money as they make money. So I can see getting a bar set up on this would be um, maybe the easier side of it. You have you know people that really want it, they can train their staff and do it. But what happens when customers come in and say there's you know 300 people in the bar that night? How do you get them all to use the app? Is it required in order to sing? So that's a great question. So we've actually experienced this firsthand, right? And it, it's 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 a uh, a couple of different scenarios. So one is user um, user information, like how do you get them onboarded? How do you explain to them the value of it and get them to understand? Um, Oh, okay, this is something that I want to do, the educational side. Um, and then second from that is the value proposition to not only retain the user, um, but to be able to help kind of that implementation and onboarding at that venue. And so what we do there, we do several things. One is we incentivize the patron or the performer in that um, as they get the application, they can actually unlock credits to do things like bumps through being a highly rated performer for recommending or referring a friend to go download the app. Um, or even patroning the venue multiple times throughout a month. Uh, think of it as loyalty incentive. Um, and on the actual consumer education side of it, we actually have video and audio spots that the, the karaoke jockey or, or disc jockey, the DJ, can play in the venue across their video screens and their PA system. So uh, think of it as like um, anywhere from like 15-second stingers to – you know, minute-long conversational clips that almost feel like a, a, an ad you would hear on the radio of two people talking back and forth, and a guy's learning about karaoke. And if you actually, on our website, karaoke.com slash promote, we have some of those audio and video clips up there. And as you listen to them, you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. They're all kind of playful, um, but they're really geared towards consumer education. Uh, and then the additional way is through a product we've created called VenueQ. VenueQ is basically an add-on to the karaoke platform for venues that they can then go Chromecast or broadcast the actual queue itself on television screens live in their venue. Uh, and so if you think of it very simply as the karaoke logo in the middle, App Store and Google Play logos on left and right, and it says get in the queue, download for free, and it shows the actual queue. So your social profiles, we've got your picture, you know, your first name, the song that you're singing, the artist, your rating if you want to display it. And all of those are helping drive user acquisition, as we've seen anywhere from five to seven times more than when it's not used. Um, and then likewise, you talked about not having the application on your phone. So there's the, incentiv the incentivized part to go get the app. But if you don't, we're actually getting ready to launch Kiosk, which is Kiosk with a Q. Um, and that's a tablet-based edition of the app that if someone has an older-style phone or their phone is dead, they can simply walk up to the kiosk, put in their name, select their song, hit sing, and they will go into the queue. And then the ability to still see the queue in real time on that tablet kiosk-based format. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now, back to the show. So it sounds like you had um, 
a local bar to get uh, set up with and kind of work right. through some of the initial bumps in the road. What have been the biggest challenges in trying to grow this uh, even outside of Nashville and, and across the country? Sure. Um, scalability is always something you have to focus on. I think the biggest thing that we face is is user acquisition. And so doing the things that I've just talked about, uh, sending the venues now, welcome kits that have what we like to call like a mock songbook. So it's a black um, it's a black barner that would be un- not dissimilar to what you'd see in a karaoke bar for a songbook. And it has a big orange cue and the word songbook in white letters. But when you open it, it's like, oh, snap, we've gone digital, go download the app. Things like that. The user acquisition part is big, but when you so talk you about guys how we're just sending that out to bars across the country, that's correct. The ones that sign up through our platform, we send out, we send them out a welcome kit. It also has like a couple of coasters that have QR codes and tiny URLs and are very graphical in nature, like double sided. And so they have the ability to then say, if I want more of those marketing products, we direct them back to our website where they can purchase additional signs, banners. Uh, the kiosk if they want to, different things of that nature to help them increase the throughput and user acquisition. Um, but kind of to your core point too, it's it's scalability. So we've utilized technologies um, like Zapier. The, it's like a ETL, and API type tool uh, to help automate some of our process and flow. We're using chat clients that are integrated with like Zendesk and so, several things that we're using to focus on onboarding and automation so that the ability for a KJ or a venue, because there were really two separate customers, a karaoke bar, a full-time karaoke bar is one clientele, and then what we call a mobile DJ or KJ, they will host multiple nights of karaoke at multiple venues in a given week. Uh, the average is usually three venues and three nights of karaoke. And so they're really kind of two different subsets of needs, but as we create the value for the for the KJ or DJ, he then onboards the venue on the back end. Um, and kind of speaking to that, we've actually seen where these venues have come on and said, we want more nights of karaoke. Um, we've actually have some even up in Ohio that want to change and shift their entire approach of their bar to be a karaoke bar focused on the karaoke experience. And then likewise, we've seen venues even here in Nashville, San Antonio and other places that don't have karaoke today that have understood the value of what we're bringing from a venue and patron perspective that are actually wanting to now host karaoke nights. And we're able to then basically go filter that back to our network of DJs and KJs and help them grow their business as well. So it sounds like one way that bars can get started is if they, if they actually seek you out or if customers tell them about you guys, are you also doing any kind of outreach to, to bars to, in the form of outbound sales? Um, we are, we, you know, I'll, I'll say this, we started focusing on like a, uh, email blast campaign. We've done some Facebook stuff. We've done some direct, uh, to, to chain restaurants. A good example is hamburger Mary's that has come on and now wants to use our platform and they've got locations in Atlanta, LA, Denver, Chicago, I think even like Sweden. Um, those, those have been a focal point, but we've actually been leveraging a, a strategic advising company here in Nashville called Backports Group. Uh, and they've been super instrumental in understanding um, what we're bringing to the table and helping us for scalability, helping us for our user and customer acquisition. And part of that has been taking these opportunities to grow gradually and learn from that and be able to adapt quickly. Uh, and the reason for that is really next week, uh, October 22nd, um, we're having what's called the Karaoke Summit 15. 
Um, and the entire platform for Karaoke Summit 15 is to show our new product rollout called Karaoke 360. And what that simply means is that we have our app and our platform embedded in the middle. Uh, we're also bringing to the table fully legal, fully licensed, high-definition karaoke content. And then on the back end of that, we actually have the integrated software to go back and play back that for DJ uh, software with a company called PCDJ. So when we take Karaoke Cloud Pro, which is the content, Karaoke, the app and engagement platform, and then PCDJ, uh, PCDJ Karaoke, we've created a very holistic 360 approach that has not been done today. And so when we speak about why, how we've scaled and the approach that we're taking, it's all been leading up to making sure that we can quickly uh, and very agile um, deploy out for Karaoke Summit based off of um, the Karaoke 360 deployment. So when we talk about music, um, one of the big topics is often licensing. Um, do you guys have to deal with anything on the licensing side of, of this music? So yes and no. The actual karaoke platform itself does not have to directly. Um, by way of the partnership that we've created with Digitrax with their karaoke cloud pro system, they already have an existing licensing and royalty payout system that they already handle directly with publishers. And so we become a part of that. And really what that simply becomes for the karaoke 360 product is that uh, you then basically get approval from the publishers um, that that can become an embedded part of the process. Uh, and likewise, we're actually focusing on the the publisher payouts for royalties to ensure that we're creating value back to the music industry and what we do and doing that in a very transparent way. So um, much like if you have uh, billboard charts, we're creating karaoke charts so that you'll be able to understand the top artists and top songs being performed across the United States. And if, in fact, the actual app, the songbook that the DJ has, has songs that are not cleared for publishing for karaoke, we're still reporting those and the royalties are still being handled accordingly. But that gives us the ability to then help um, show unrealized revenue back to the music industry. And, and hopefully that'll be something that then if they get the licensed um, tracks to us, then they're continually monetizing that and not losing that revenue. And that's what we kind of aim to do. So you recently went through the music project in Nashville, right? Project music. Yeah. Project music. Sorry. Um, yeah. So tell me a bit about what, what was that experience like for you? What did that do for you guys as a company? Sure. So project music started, um, January of 2015, wrapped up April 24th, 2015. Um, it was a grueling boot camp, if you will. The first week actually was called boot camp and, um, I mean, it was, it felt like 30 hour days, even though there's not 30 hours in a day. Um, <laughs> and, and it was very, it was very important to us. So I think some of the biggest things that I can say is it helps you refine and drive back to creating processes around what you do. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about, you know, when I talk about advice to entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's driving back to voice of the customer, voice of the business, serving, getting out of the building and going and asking questions and verifying or disproving your assumptions. Uh, and all of those are critical for your business model. And I think Project Music really, really helped us to do that, which is really the overall format of the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Uh, but more specifically for Project Music, uh, it, was, it was getting us in front of decision makers and gatekeepers in the music industry 
that are now seeking and wanting to be a part of some disruption and some innovation, maybe in some cases, not because they want to, but because it's becoming a necessity for the music industry based off of changes and streaming services like Spotify and the decrease in terrestrial radio and, and physical album sales. Yep. And so it's been, um, it's been a very big, uh, very big value for us to be able to start creating those relationships and being able to fast track, um, you know, meeting with and, and uh, EVPs and um, of Universal Music and Warner. I mean, we have two executive vice presidents from uh, Universal Music that sit on our advisory board wow. um, and some other heavy players. And so I think that that's been super crucial for us is the relationship side of it. And then overall, just like the community and the family aspect. Uh, um, and we've I've, I've talked about this in several other interviews and other companies have too. All of the eight companies that came out of Project Music and the people that were involved from the logistics side, the program director, Heather McBee, even people at the EC, they really they bonded together and helped push each other over the finish line. Uh, and we all became kind of emotionally invested in everybody else's company that we want to see everyone succeed from this first cohort, this first accelerator, and then be able to help pave that way for future accelerators so that we can look back at project music, um, 2020 and say, wow, we took a lot of arrows and look where they're at now. Uh, and if all of that can create better companies, um, and more value for the music industry and for Nashville and Tennessee as a whole, then I think we've done our job. So, What's um what's kind of the next step? What stage are you guys in at Karaoke? Um, sure. So um, the 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 next big thing that we have coming again is October twenty second. It's the Karaoke Summit, and that's really unveiling this this Karaoke three hundred and sixty platform, and that's the ability to take the licensed content, our platform in the middle, and then the actual playback software and create the end to end experience. And as we start to ramp up from that. Um, not to give a whole lot of detail, but um, it's going to be things like having actual artists as part of that venue queue, that video display. Actual artists come on the screen and say, hey, I want you to sing my song hmm. X, and then um, be able to enact on that directly within the mobile app. And then likewise with if you take someone like a Kenny Chesney, um, if his songs are super popular in karaoke and there's a lot of people singing them, he could actually give an engagement or, or a call to action hey, this is Kenny Chesney. I want you to sing my song X or Y. And then if you do that, um, I'll give you a, a, you'll get a shot of Blue Chair Bay Rum at the bar or whatever, because it can create a very distinct synergy between the artist and drink brands, because we are, we're in front of a captive market, a captive audience that is unlike a lot of other ones, meaning that they are engaging in music by physically performing it, which I think, you know, uh, imitation is a sincerest form of, Flattery. I think that them getting up and doing those songs and exposing themselves in such a way in front of friends, family, and strangers alike, I think that that shows that they are most likely an avid consumer of music. Um, and typically, they're doing that in a bar setting. And so the ability to create those synergies with uh, major liquor brands, uh, drink brands, artists, and music labels are kind of things that are starting to um, get deployed as we look beyond Karaoke Summit 15. And then um, going into next year, we're going to be focusing on Karaoke version two, which um, is really kind of a, a massive facelift. But we're integrating specific things like uh, getting a ride with Uber. So as much as we talk about the ability to go to these bars and do these songs and get drink specials, we want to do that in a responsible way. So if you can imagine as you're leaving the bar or the venue, um, Karaoke, as it sees you checking out, says, hey, it looks like you've had fun, had a few drinks. Let's get you home safe with Uber. 
and you can directly enact on getting an Uber ride directly from the KaraoQ app back to wherever you're going. And so I think that, that that tells a good responsible story for us, for the venue and for the drink brands. Um, and so as we focus on that and really focus on how do we create the best social experience or what we like to call a social music experience with high volume media is being able to understand what is going on in the venue, the vibe. Um, so when we talk about demographics, median age range, most popular genres of music, those are the types of things we're going to now begin to expose through the app so that people can see what is happening in the venue before they even get there um, and then be able to have a very social, very personalized, very on-demand experience. And we're going to be launching that at Nightclub and Bar and also uh, Mobile Beat, both of which are in Las Vegas trade shows in March. So you're saying that like before I go to a bar, I could actually see, well, most of the bar crowd is 24 to 30 and they're listening to country music? Absolutely correct. And that actually came from, again, surveying where we would have people telling us that they would call karaoke bars if they're out of town and saying, hey, what's the type of what's what's the scene look like there? What type of music are you guys mm-hmm. playing? Uh, and if you even look at what Google's doing today, Google's um, focusing on crowdsourcing data for restaurants to know how long the wait is. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you look at ways, you know, the ability to know what's going on on highways and interstates and with wrecks all of this thing is being sourced because it's a value to the people who are engaging in that content and so us being able to help um help correlate the the vibe of the venue without necessarily being there and the ability to get completely transparent and jump into the venue and see what the queue looks like before you get there right um there's obviously a natural almost like a tinder type of spend where like you know you can see how many guys and girls in the age range and if that's a type of venue that you want to go out to uh and if you're like certain singers they prefer a certain demographic and a certain um genre of music and so being able to give people that transparency and insight before they even get to the venue is going to be a big spin for us and then just simply knowing where your friends are at and what they're doing around you through the app um and being able to capture those moments directly through the app to create much like a social feed for karaoke of what's going on across all these venues. Interesting. Well, how do we keep up with you and karaoke online? Absolutely. You can um, go out to karaoke.com, K-A-R-A-O-Q.com. Um, when you get to the main page, you can actually um, just scroll down and you'll see uh, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we typically put a lot of stuff out there. Um, we also have a news and press section that you can subscribe to, uh, and those both exist on KaraokeQ and High Volumes website, which is hivolu.me. A little play on words there, um, but they'll both be available. And in fact, we've got some um, press releases coming out for uh, Entrepreneur Magazine and an article that's getting published on us there as well. So we constantly try to stay out in front in the news and the media uh, and letting people be aware of what we're doing. Awesome. Well, and what is your karaoke song? Uh, I've changed it. Uh, I used to always say you give love a bad name by Bon Jovi, but then I found out that that wasn't legally licensed. So um, actually, I'd probably say Lose Yourself by Eminem. In fact, we did a we did Oktoberfest here in Nashville, which is a huge draw, 100,000 people. It's one of the biggest uh, Oktoberfest festivals in the Southeast. And we have a, actually had an entire stage. It's up on our Facebook page. we got video. But we had five, six, seven hundred people packed in two blocks deep, uh, and we were all doing these songs to the point that the Metro police were like, all right, we've got to shut it down. It's getting late. There's a ton of people still here. 
And the last song I did was Lose Yourself by Eminem. So it was uh, it was a fun time. And I mean, if you go look at the videos, there's there's this girl that was doing Beyonce, by, uh, Halo by Beyonce. And her friend got up on stage and took her shoes off and started doing like the whole ballet dance. And you're just wow. watching the crowd and they're all doing like the whip and the nene and stuff. And it's like truly what we call a social music experience. It's just everybody's out there having fun and engaging and connecting. And we always like to say it's creating uh, moments and memories and relationships and a social music experience. And that's what we love about what we get to do is uh, we get to work hard, but we get to play hard too. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, absolutely. I really enjoy talking to you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And if you'd like a transcription of this show, we have now partnered with Jot Engine, who does some fantastic transcriptions. So you can go to rocketship.fm and check out this episode's show page, and there'll be a link for the transcription. And if you'd like to get a transcription yourself, go to jotengine.com and sign up. Right, I wanna call you I kinda feel that I can't name